In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome back, everybody, to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. You know where your partner's wine, crime, and time. And, you know, it's a it's a hot one today. It's a hot one. In terms and, of weather. Yes. Yeah. And also, we are actually in the studio today. I know. So exciting. Although, it's like, I have to look sideways at you, so I, 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 we should have thought that through. And social distancing, because I am so sweaty. <laughs> I, Nicole was going in for a hug. I was like, you do not mm, yeah. want to, and I cannot hug. I am a hugger, mm. but not... When I am a swamp person. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely not. But the things we do for you all. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Love you yes. Guys. I am drenching through my Zara in honor. Yes. And speaking of, we got some very important updates okay, from last episode. This. I think I'm in the minority. Um, yes, we got some fan mail. So number one, I don't know when we were talking about Shrek. Do you? <laughs> oh, um, oh, I think it was like something sexual about Shrek, I want to say. So maybe, I don't know. I feel like someone <laughs> messaged me being like, no, Shrek is hot. And I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, well, human Shrek is definitely hot, and in the second one, well, he, I, like, someone had gets a, hot. Someone did a fuck Mary kiss recently with that to me, and I was like, if you can't have him at his worst, you don't deserve him at his best. That's true. That is so true. Yeah, you're gonna wait for him. <laughs> okay, you know what? It's like Skater Boy. Yes. Yeah, it's he's true. at the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's funny because like I just put up a poll on her Instagram, not another true crime, of just like you know people who are those cases that you're like, did they do it? Didn't Ooh. they do it? You know, like Stephen Avery and like Adnan Syed. And someone wrote, like, I don't think he did it, but, like, why can't he remember what he did that day? I'm like, I can't remember what we talked about a week oh, ago. Oh, no, 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 no. I also thought you were going to say there was a crime involving Shrek, and I was like, oh. Imagine. The Shrek oh, killer. Um, that could happen. Who knows? But one of our listeners, Amanda, wrote in to tell us that Shrek is actually a very huh. good children's book by William Steig. And also the book came before the movie, so the more you oh, know. It probably came with the game that we were playing with the trilogies and books wow oh, absolutely I, the i did not know shrek was a book me either william should be suing people i don't know i mean they probably or if got he's collecting it. Royalties, yeah, he's it's probably okay. getting that check so good for him multiple shreks a musical killing oh, it. i did love that musical he's a cartoonist oh. <laughs> yeah oh so cute okay and then also some other important updates jen from new jersey says that she calls the lane where you can only drive in it if you have passengers the hov lane okay so sorry so we got to drag you a bit okay that is fair <laughs> jen from jersey okay. <laughs> i feel like i could find a jen from jersey i don't know in paramus or somewhere yes. like that. it would also say hub lane anywhere I'm and then but Jess, shout out to jen yes love we love it thank you for listening and uh thanks for actually writing into our like nonsensical prompts we love it <laughs> i feel like jersey would ignite that they'd be like i'm not gonna fucking tell you i like your podcast but it's HOV. <laughs> yes, yes. And Jess from California calls it the carpool lane, which is I, the easiest thing. I, I wonder guess. if it's a West Coast, East Coast thing. Though. It must be. All but right. You call follow it. up question. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I call it HOV. Um, yeah. Okay. So it could be the new West Coast, East Coast battle. Follow up question. DM us. Yeah, DM is us. it a regional thing? I also love starting with that because then every person who doesn't get the podcast energy, they're like, I'm not going to fucking listen to them talk about Shrek and carpool lane. But the real <laughs> ones are sticking around. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. And um, new a new segment that I just started 10 minutes ago, which if you like it, let us know. We'll continue doing it. I'm calling it Ripped from the Headlines. Ripped from the Headlines. <laughs> so basically just a couple of new updates. Yeah. Um, 
that don't really warrant a full episode. I know. Well, I mean, because we're going to be watching Shakira like a hawk, though. I yes. Feel. I feel because I love Shakira. Yes. Uh, she could inspire me to go to law school. She could. <laughs> I mean, her hips don't lie, but her tax returns <gasps> might lie. But my thing is, OK, so she could face up to eight years in prison if convicted of tax fraud charges that she's being accused of. But my thing is, she definitely has an accountant, right? If you're Shakira. I mean, every single celebrity gets, gets fucked up tax. by tax fraud. Yeah. And it's like, you guys more than anybody have the money to pay your accounts. But I think it's because rich people always want to just like finagle and avoid. And also, I will say taxes are confusing. They are confusing. So, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. So Spanish authorities allege she failed to pay the government almost $15 million in taxes from 2012 to 2014. I'm like, that's not a mistake. I feel like I you were trying to do but, some creative little loophole. But, like, watch, she is very guilty for this. But in Shakira's defense, <laughs> 15 million for me, I would never forget. I would never have that to forget it. But her, I feel that's like one, like, yeah, what is her network? commercial for like Subway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she does the Super Bowl. Like, I was going to say, she definitely, like, how much is Shakira worth? Oh, 300 million. So, uh, I could see her be like, it's a that. <laughs> it's definitely a chunk of change. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Shakira's publicist says she trusts her innocence and chooses to leave the issue in the hands of the law. I would say, I mean, it is, I'm sure with the legal fees Shakira's going to have to pay, she'll probably break even, so she should just pay the money. I don't know if she mean, pays yeah. the money, then she'll also go to jail. I mean, I'm sure she'll kind of work out some kind of deal or something She'll like probably a penalty have to perform at like every sweet 16 of every like person <laughs> on the juror and the judges defense it's just like yeah yes. yeah she's walk walking all over that's her restitution God, her songs are so good too <laughs> they are so good and then also trials for paul and ruben flores now 45 and 81 respectively have begun and mm. paul is accused of killing kristen smart in 1996 and ruben his dad is accused of helping him cover it up and also bury Kristen's body under their deck in their home. The trial's underway. There's been testimony from Kristen's friends and other people who just testified to Paul's very creepy behavior that that night and that weekend that Kristen went missing. Both men have pleaded not guilty and they're being tried separately, um, but at the same time. And I mean, I feel eyes have been on them for a long, long while for this. So it almost is like about time that they are having this trial it is uh unfortunately it is so much later so i think evidence can be so much harder to get and everything like that but it is good yeah some hopefully something comes out of this right well her body's never been found which i feel like does make it difficult to try someone for murder but hopefully they have enough um other evidence that they can put him away and um the trial's happening in monterey county because i think that they said that in san luis obispo county that i wouldn't like it's too kind of close to home and they wouldn't get a fair trial is what I read. Fair. Yeah, that makes sense to move it over. I don't know. Like those places aren't that far apart, but I mean I guess like they're not in the locality. I have literally no idea. I'm like all I I know of San Luis Obispo is from like Big Little Ice. I have been there. It is very nice. That's all I know. I know they have a large farmers market. So (laughs) that tracks I can't really help out with anything. That does track. But today we're going to be talking about a Netflix documentary. Yes. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's one of those, because it, it came out, I think, last month and everyone was talking yeah. about it. But it was one of those, I was like, I need to sit and like watch. I kept on like delaying it because it just seemed very heavy and very intense. And it is really a very sad, crazy story. Yes, definitely. And I feel like I tried to sort of organize our notes in a way that makes sense, but also captures a bit of the surprise. But 
it's kind of hard because documentary is like all over the place, like jumping in time, which it needs to do in order to really like capture the what the fuck of it all picture. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's I feel like every 20 minutes there was a new layer. We're talking about girl in the picture. Uh, Every 20 minutes there was a new thing that I was like, what the fuck? I was like. I had to rewind to be like, oh, did I miss something? There's a new person. And I was like, oh, no, that person has five names. No, literally. And they're not. Yeah. It's yeah. I was confused. And then also, like, I wish they had. I feel like I had to keep going back to because the first time they introduced someone, I'm not paying attention to their name. Yes. But then they never put it again. And I was like, wait, who is her friend? Like, who is this high school friend? What's her name? What's going on? So I kept having to do that. Yeah, they really should keep those under for all for just all time. I know. Like on reality TV where they just put it like the Chiron, the lower thirds. Yes. Every time. What is that called? A Chiron? Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Jorge nods. I know things. Interesting. Well, we're going to get into this and try to make it as interesting, but also as not confusing as possible. We're going to try. We are going to try. As 91 degrees outside. So if we fail, no, we tried. Yeah. So it all kind of started in Oklahoma City in 1990 when truckers found the body of a woman who was later identified as Tanya Hughes on the side of the road. And she had a head head injury, but the doctors said that her vital signs when she was first brought to the hospital were stable. Um, Then her husband, Clarence, shows up at the hospital and he tells them that Tanya is an exotic dancer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they have a young son, Michael. When the doctors examine her, they notice old bruises and injuries and they're like, hmm, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Um, But kind of before they can even really dig into anything, she passes away. And so the news gets back to the club where she worked and the dancers wanted to call Tanya's family. So they called her mom and say that your daughter passed away. And her mom is like, what are you talking about? My daughter died 20 years ago when she was 18 months uh, old. Which I, th- well, I thought A, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. B, I felt so bad for that mom to have to like My relive. God, what a like, horrible call to get. Because I'm sure until she found out more details about this, she's like, is this like a fucking prank call? Like, That's true. Or something like oh that. Like, what the hell is happening? But, you know, I, when they said, I was like, what? I did not know what was happening when they made that reveal. Right. I was, yeah. Because I kind of knew the gist of the story, but I didn't know like how it all fit together. Yeah. So it turns out that Tanya Hughes was not this woman's real name. It was an alias. And the name was taken from a cemetery. The husband told his wife's friend, Karen, that she was involved in a hit and run in Oklahoma City. She thought that was weird and just thought the whole thing was like very sus. So she kind of started like, you know, following and digging in and trying to figure out what was going on. That's why I will say there were a lot of good friends in this documentary that were like really confused about what was happening and trying to fight for something. But it's very hard to do that when you are dealing with someone's quote unquote fam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then uh, to kind of paint more of the picture and tell more of the story. So like Sarah said, uh, Tanya was an exotic dancer. Eventually, they went to find out that Tanya was actually a woman named Sharon Marshall who went missing after high school. And on top of that, they found out that Clarence's real name is Franklin Delano Floyd. He also went by Warren Marshall and Clarence Hughes. So had a lot of different aliases, which is very suspicious because why would someone need multiple names? Yes. And also like even more suspicious is they eventually kind of found out as they traced back her history is that he wasn't just her husband. He like, I don't even know how to explain this, but in other aliases, he was posing as her father. So it just gets real fucked up. So that's that's just like every time you think you understand their relationship, it's a lie. Yeah. And to the point where Sharon didn't even know 
the, when the lies start. And when oh my end. gosh, yeah. yeah. It's gross. But some details about uh, her growing up. So Sharon went to Forest Park Senior High School and was in the class of 86. Her friends always knew that her dad was like super, super weird. Like yeah. uh, her friends in the documentary said that like she could never call. Uh, no one could ever call into the house unless Sharon knew they were going to call, but she could call out and they could tell from the tone of her voice that it was like, she seemed very scared when she was home. She yeah. was always cooking, always cleaning. Jeez. And um, they uh, they had no doors in the house, just curtains. And that I is know, gross and sketch. Yeah, and I know this. what Sharon told people and what we're assuming she believed is that she thought her mom died when she was young yeah. and everything like that. Uh, he would also buy her lingerie, which no. is just... You don't even know Why? how to process that oh from a parent to do that. Never. Uh, but despite her home life, Sharon was like extremely smart. She was in like the honor club there. Like she, all mm-hmm. of her friends were kind of like, they said that they, she was friends with all the outcasts, but was like gorgeous, so popular, like the kindest person ever. And yeah. she got a full scholarship to Georgia Tech to do like aerospace engineering. I know. I'm like, hell yeah. Which I did have to Google because I'm not <laughs> smart and going yeah. to Georgia Tech. But I was like, all right, go Yellow Jackets. Yeah. But uh, then she did find out that she got pregnant and said that she was going to give the baby up for adoption, but also told her friends that her dad was not going to let her go to college. And when pressed, like asking why, like because her entire dream was to go to Georgia Tech with this full scholarship, she told her friends that somebody has to take care of dad. Yeah, I mean, that was the saddest part to me. I mean, not really the saddest, but but that was just so sad to me. Like she got her dream. I mean, this is amazing. I feel like she could have had a really like accomplished life and this guy just took it and one of those ones climbing such uphill to have such a life too agree so instead of uh going to georgia tech her and her dad moved around the south and uh he started making sharon work at these uh strip clubs dancing places and everything like that at one of her first clubs sharon was caught offering sexual services to the customers like near the bathroom for fifty dollars yeah and when um her friend and co-worker was like what are you doing you don't, can't do that you can't do that here that's not what we do she said uh my dad told me to do it he gave me condom no and even like her, her friend at the club who she worked with was like you never who, what parent would do ever literally do that? like pimp your kid out that oh. is just like oh my god and then sharon uh started to become friends with another one of the employees there uh cheryl Camesso. And one of the friends saw this video of these two girls topless on a beach dancing, and it was taken by Sharon's father. So there was like photos and videos. And Cheryl said that her uh, Sharon's dad claimed that he was going to submit the video to Playboy. Uh, So kind of like no, no parents should be doing that. And there's like having it saved on fire. Oh God! And Sharon, Cheryl also said that Sharon's dad was trying to have sex with her and would keep on pressuring her, and she didn't want to and try to fight him off. And then she said, like, then a flip switched and he became very, very violent. Yeah. And uh, it was just very, yeah. So Floyd was obsessed with Cheryl and constantly calling the club about her. Uh, so much so that one of the dancers kept on being like, no, she's not here. Hang up. No, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. And then she went when she was going outside, she saw there was this altercation outside the club where Floyd punched Cheryl in the face because he accused Cheryl of being the reason uh, Sharon lost her government benefits. Uh, claim that Cheryl reported her for misstating her income or something like that, which like why I would don't Cheryl, think anybody would do that. No, why would someone call? I'm not. Why would you ever call a friend to be like why would on you call the, gov- the IRS yeah, on a friend to be like, like no yeah, calling the IRS alone? I know. See, like she is not. I was gonna say that. Why are you even calling the IRS? Yeah. Right. Exactly. But all of that to say, Cheryl did 
end up disappearing in 1989. And Frank and Sharon fled Oklahoma shortly after that. And Cheryl's disappearance, like a little bit after the two, their neighbor and uh, said that they saw Frank's trailer blow up. Like stove coming out of yeah. the roof. Oh my god, it was really crazy. Engulfed in flames. Yeah, they said that like some guy, I guess, like flicked a cigarette and just, and yeah, it's crazy. The, yeah, the stove just went through the truck. Which also was dangerous. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it's very dangerous. So to dangerous. Trailer, but like, I'm all like, the, like, how did nobody else get fucked up or hurt by that? So things kind of start to go, just like way beyond the pale um, in 1994 because on September 12th, 1994, there's a man found tied to a tree in the woods, handcuffed and duct taped. This really escalated. Really escalated. And it's like, I don't know why whenever I think of someone like tied up in a tree, my immediate thing, I'm like, okay, there's like a cult going on. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> like there's, yeah. That's so true. The man was the principal of the elementary school where Sharon's son, Michael, went and so this is after Sharon has died. died yes. And Floyd kind of just walked into the school, kidnapped the principal at gunpoint and basically demanded he be given custody because I think at this point, Michael was being cared for by, by a foster, foster family, family and they were a very and sweet they were so family. Nice. Oh, God. And so also in 1995, a landscaper off of I-275 in Florida finds skeletal remains that turn out to be Cheryl's and... An autopsy reveals that she died of a beating and also two gunshot wounds to the head. Yeah, so every single day, something fucking crazy in this related to this happens. I mean, it's I don't even understand. But right now, they're all over the place, so it's very hard to tie in. Yes. Um. And so once the FBI figured this out, they kind of put out like a press blitz, and then yeah. So then they that's mm-hmm. how they get this tip. It's actually not until 1995 that the woman that they thought was Tanya Hughes was actually Sharon Marshall. And that's when they find out that the guy who everybody thought was Sharon's slash Tanya's husband was her father. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, they actually did get married at some point. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like he was pretending to be one thing, pretending to be another. Like, they did legally get married. I'm pretty sure they got married after the trailer blow up because then they they were on the run to be like, okay, now no one's going to look. Everyone's looking for Mm. a father daughter. No one's looking for a married couple. Oh, gross. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing is, kind of, authorities did realize that Sharon wasn't actually his biological daughter because she was born when he was in prison. And we're going to get into that in a second. Oh, yeah. um, so then this is how they kind of figure out that she was actually kidnapped and kept with him for over 15 years. It's crazy. And so Sharon went by Sharon Marshall, Tanya Tadlock. And that's not even her real name. No. They would kind of just take their names off of tombstones in Alabama. And yeah, then they did go to New Orleans to get married. It's just every single twist and turn is next level. Yeah. So who is this like Frank Floyd guy? He's had a long checkered past. Mm, That is one way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In um, 1960, I think when he was like young, he yeah, when he was a minor, he broke into a Sears to try to steal a gun. I didn't know they sold guns at Sears. I mean, maybe it is the South, but but I did not know that either. I thought, yeah, it was a that was the twist that I was like, I was like, let me put a pin in that. Yeah, and then I was like, there's too many pins to put in. I need to forget about Sears. Right, (laughs) I know the story. Yeah, I thought Sears was like a little bit more upscale than like a Walmart, but whatever. Um, so he broke in, and but police kind of responded really quickly. 
showed up at the scene and he ended up getting shot in the stomach in this like police shootout, which is wild. And then he survived and was sent to a youth institution where he said to like a, a journalist that he was sexually assaulted and just like tormented there. Oh, it was what? Yeah, it was like the author who was writing yeah. the book because it was, yeah, when they wanted to get answers, like he just talked about himself for. Yeah. I feel it's part of the course when a lot of people go to visit criminals who, uh, yeah, when they're like, give us answers, they're like, I'll tell you my life story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then in 1962, he was working at the Atlanta International Airport and abducted a four year old girl from a bowling alley and then sexually assaulted her. And he was convicted of child molestation and kidnapping and sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison. But he escaped and then robbed a bank. I don't know how he's able to do all of this. I am just like, man, it's the 60s. Okay, so he robs his bank and he gets convicted of bank robbery, but then tried to escape again. So I don't really know. cocky. Yeah, I don't know how this works, but essentially, like, every time he tries to escape one prison, they're just moving into, like, a different state. I guess, like, to be like, okay, you figured out the geographic layout of here. What about here? Yeah. I guess, yeah. So he gets moved to a Pennsylvania prison where he says he's again sexually assaulted and so much so that he, like, climbs on the roof and threatens to jump off. And so they're like, all right. So they send him back to Georgia. He gets released in 1972. So he's serving, like, 10 years, basically. And then he gets sent to a halfway house. A week later, he forces a woman into his car at a gas station and attempts to sexually assault her. She he just has not stopped. Like, there's not a month that he has not tried to commit a heinous crime. Yeah. So she escaped and he was obviously arrested. And he was able to convince his friend who he met when they were inmates together at the Georgia prison to post his bond. He skipped. First of all, I'm like, how the fuck is this guy getting bond? Like, this is. Yeah. What's wild to me, because I'm like, you have him trying escaping prison one time, trying another time. He keeps escaping and robbing banks and like assaulting people and doing shit. Like, I feel like on Law and Order, they get romance for way less. That's oh, all I'm saying. I guess times have changed. I guess. I, 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 we'll, we'll chalk it up to that because I really have no explanation for otherwise. Yeah. So he, he skipped out on the, uh, the bond hearing and then went on the run for 17 years. <sighs> you would think he would be a high person to like, look out for but everyone's just like well, how do we find him i don't know he is a very generic looking man <laughs> he was he really those glasses really had a chokehold on the culture on the culture yeah. yes <laughs> that's so true and then it's during this time on the run that he meets a woman named sandra brandenburg and this is where mm. sharon slash tanya slash suzanne that's a spoiler that's a new one new name comes in mm-hmm. and this is where the whole like namesake of the documentary the girl in the picture all um kind of all comes together exactly so the whole deal with sandra when fbi agents are interrogating floyd about sharon because the fbi agents kind of came in with three questions in mind they wanted to know who really is sharon yep uh where is michael is michael alive the kid that yeah. she stole and like did you kill sharon yeah are the three main questions that the fbi came in and i know they said like when they walked in before they even sat down he just talked shouted at them for 45 minutes and they're like we're not your lawyers or like yeah, i don't know what your game is <laughs> so when they were interrogating him he tells a story about being a bus driver or being in a bus driver uniform and being very handsome in his bus driver uniform like and, okay sure <laughs> yeah, and met this woman named sandy who just lost custody of her three kids to the state and at the time he was going by brandon cleo williams 
And so the whole thing with Sandy is that Sandy was pregnant right after high school, married married her husband. He Who got- seemed like a nice guy, by the way. I liked his energy. I yeah. was like, I don't think Cliff deserved the treatment that I, he got. I don't think either. Yeah, because he went to Vietnam. Uh, and at the time, Sandra started. So she had her first daughter. And she started seeing another man and wanted a divorce. And Cliff was like, "I'm like, damn." Yeah, Cliff was like, "While your you husband do feel is changed. in Vietnam overseas, that is." I know. I let Yeah. Old. And then so when she was seeing this other guy, uh, she got pregnant with her other two daughters. She also had a son with a different man too. Yeah. So she uh, had a few kids, and her so kind of all over the place in terms of just like trying to like have the kids, not really staying with anybody, going through it. Then she kind of was just living on her own, I feel. Yeah, she was. So then she moved to a mobile home park and a tornado ripped through the park. That was like Fucking another terrifying. random twist that wasn't even the most unexpected no. twist. And I was like, you lived? I, I didn't know if she was in it or not. Because she said her, her her mobile home was on a hill. So it literally just like eh. fell off from that. And then, I would guess that nobody was inside or home at the time. Because I don't think you're surviving. Like, yeah. Getting... I you can't. know, thrown around like a Hot Wheels toy. Literally, yeah, from a fucking tornado. So, Jeez. But because of this, she had severe PTSD because of the tornado and was struggling. She said that like, she was just like, in a, would like, be in corners of rooms. Oh my gosh, yeah, out. no kidding. But Puzzle. I feel like it was the 60s. Yeah. So no, Oh, no one knew what PTSD. Yeah, nobody Cliff coming back from was. Vietnam? <laughs> I know. They don't Poor talk about Cliff, any fucking PTSD. That was the thing too. Yeah. Like he definitely had PTSD also. And, no, and they, just, they were just like, buck up. Like, I don't know. Have some whiskey. You're like, yeah, that doesn't have <laughs> that. Um, so what ended up happening is that she went to social services and they took the children away. And then what ended up being the situation here is she went to social services and then they phoned Cliff because mm-hmm. he was the paternal parent of the oldest daughter. And he told them, though, you either have to adopt all three or give up all three, which I did not. Oh, because the girls didn't want to be separated, they said. Yeah, because they were, like, really close. Yeah, so only one was his biological child. He also was unemployed, 23, living with his parents, dealing with undiagnosed PTSD from Vietnam, we'll call it. And so he was like, I I can't do that right now. So sad. So then Sandra went to a church and started crying. And then in the church, somehow Floyd appeared. At this time, Brandon. Yes. Also, I don't even know if we said this, but... The eldest of the three daughters was, quote unquote, Sharon. Sharon, yes. Her real name was Suzanne Savakis. So then her mom, Sandra, oldest daughter, Suzanne, known as Sharon now. And her dad was Clifford, who Cliff from Vietnam. Yeah. And so then Sandra meets, was crying in a church. Floyd comes and says to her right there, oh, you, you're crying because you're losing your kids. I'll marry you. I'll take care of the children. And then we're just going to get married. And it's going to be that. And I'm like, said, yes. Uh, yeah, that I'm like, their first meeting, that wasn't a red flag to you. Like That's... what? I mean, obviously, I can like have sympathy for this woman who is so clearly like struggling and desperate mm-hmm. for help. But I I'm know. like, I'm like, that's crazy. Your first conversation is like, well, I'll just marry you. I'm like, uh-huh. I, it's very because it's just like, oh, with the kids, like you don't know this man. And I was going to be taking care of your kids. Oh, yeah. So they got married after a month of dating. I can't even. And Sandra started to realize a little too late that Floyd was a bad guy. She said oh he would God, walk around please. with a knife. Yeah. And then he would like pull out the knife, be like, you ever going to leave me? And everything like that. 
my and God. Let that be a lesson to you people. See if they can keep the mask up for longer than uh, eight months. I know. And then at one point, I think Sandra was at a 7-Eleven, I want to say. Yeah. And wrote a bad check. And because she wrote a bad check, she was sentenced to 30 days in jail. Wouldn't you just not get the... I guess if you give uh, them the check and then... I have, I mean, I would like imagine that there was a fraud element because I think if you're just... If you just bounce a check from your own account, like that's obviously oh, that's not criminal. Yeah. But I'm wondering if it was like a fake check or. And this was her retelling. So maybe she just. Well, that was the other thing was like they tried to paint a picture of like, well, maybe like her story isn't the most trustworthy. And we'll get into that because yeah. I'm not sure how I felt about that whole I, sidebar. No, I don't. I, yeah. So while she was in jail for 30 days, Floyd kidnapped the children. Yeah. Without her, well, she had nothing, she couldn't do anything because she was in prison. Right. I mean, she did leave them in his custody. Well, but... and that's also what happened because right after she went to the police and was like, you don't understand this man kidnapped my kids. And they were like, are you married to him? And she said, yeah. And then they're like, that, that's a civil issue. I so, mean, so literally fucked said, up. Literally said, in a lack of better words, go fuck yourself. Like, I mean, pretty yeah. much. I mean, they like, you know, it wasn't even a crime to rape your wife yeah. until I think the 90s. So. And I'm, I'm literally not is surprised. Is it being prosecuted now? Who knows? Yeah, but, that they yeah. were like, not a problem. <laughs> so uh, he dropped the two daughter, like the two younger daughters off mm-hmm. at an orphanage, but left with Suzanne. And Sandra did find her other two daughters, which like, thank God. Yeah, thank God. Because I was wondering, I didn't, they didn't, they didn't put address it in the I documentary. Yeah. I had to Google it too. I was like, wait, wait, what happened to these other two kids? And we didn't even know about the third child in the, do- yeah. or the fourth child in the documentary. No. They really kind of Sheesh. that, but also I wonder if that's bad editing because that also painted her in a picture to me. I'm like, did you look for any of your fucking kids? Yeah, and and I was like, like, she found them. She found two. Okay, they were at a church. Yeah, they were at like a church, sort of like a yeah, you know, but she charity. Or never found Suzanne or her youngest child, Philip, who was also kidnapped. And um, there is some debate about whether the mother really tried hard enough to find her. Well, also, that but was I feel crazy because because oh, it was the Heather, right? Was mm-hmm. her friend who was a dancer, and she was like, "Well, I was kidnapped in 1970." I was like, Where's the fuck on that? Wait, yeah, where were they kidnapped I, to? I was like, "Wait a second, how is this like a little like off-handed remark?" Yeah. And she was like, "And my mom did everything. She, she called, called the, the mayor. She was blah, on blah, TV. Blah. Exactly. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> yeah, like." How were just kids just getting kidnapped and like, and it was just like, oh yeah, I survived. Like what? And she's like, what? What about it? <laughs> Truly, what about it? Yeah, but I didn't think that was like totally fair because no. I don't know. I just I feel like I mean, who knows? Like maybe she, maybe this lady is a bad lady, but also like she didn't seem to like know what to do. You know, like ha- like without the internet, how do you know what steps you're supposed to take? Exactly, and I also think it kind of is an oversight on the pro- editors. To leave out the thing about the youngest child, Philip, because with the whole thing with Michael, I kept on being confused. I'm like, he's never done anything with like a younger male child before. Right. Or anything like that. I'm like, that kind of feels off. But now with Philip tied in, never being found on the kidnapping, you can kind of, I, I don't know, it paints a different. Yeah. More to me. Uh, Suzanne, di- so she died in 1990, but it took until 2017 for her to finally be identified. I think she was also only like 20 she when died she when she died. Was 20. Which is so sad this like truly her entire life was lived in uh the worst case scenario every year yeah completely horrible and like like so much promise and potential Mm -hmm. so in 2019 a man came forward saying he was philip and a dna test confirmed it he was adopted north carolina shortly after his birth so that's at least i don't even understand that then i'm like how old was he when he was supposedly kidnapped and then like you know when was he put up for adoption where was he put up like why was it not the why was not just in the church with the rest of the kids 
Yeah, that was a question that my little research did not answer and the documentary didn't even touch it. But I'm very confused about that. But it seems like Philip's doing well. So good yeah. for him. Yeah, there was some. Yeah, some. I feel like, yeah, hopefully. I mean, he hopefully he avoided that trauma. Like, hopefully somebody came out of this. God, okay. I know. Literally, like, truly bare minimum someone. Yeah. So this all kind of like starts coming to a close, I guess, in 2011 when an employee at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children inherited Sharon slash Suzanne's case file. And she was able to get the FBI back on the case. And Floyd eventually admitted that he shot Michael. Why are you shooting like a five-year-old? The worst. I mean, there's so much awfulness, but like he had a good normal life ready for him. Like oh he had gosh, the foster parents. The adoption papers were ready. They were about, yeah, they were like about to Everything adopt Everything was him. set. They realized that like Floyd had no connection to him. It could have just all been good, but he just couldn't let go of that for some, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing too that really sucks is like the foster family kept being like, we're seeing his car, like this guy's following us. And they were like, no, he's not. Like, no, you didn't. Oh, I know. Yeah, she's like, you're being crazy. You're hallucinating things. And it was literally the same make and model car. And yeah, what looked like. like that is horrible. And then Floyd admitted that Michael was buried near the Texas-Oklahoma border. So he was charged with Michael's kidnapping. And then, like, at the trial, some of Suzanne's friends testified, like her friend Sherry, who talked about her in high school. Mm-hmm. And she kind of, like, brought up the lingerie yeah, and all t- the, yes. like, sketchiness um, and just grossness there. So he was found guilty and sentenced to 52 years in prison. And then they found photos that Floyd had taken of Sharon and another girl. And they were taped to the bottom of his car. Yeah. Yeah. And this girl was so badly beaten that they they were like, she couldn't have survived this. Like, she had to have been killed. Mm -hmm. So they checked against missing persons cases in states that they knew that Floyd was. I didn't even follow that thread. That that ended up being uh, Cheryl. Okay, that's what I thought. Because they were able to connect. Yeah, they were able to use, like, teeth records. and, And then the neighbor identified the mattress. Yeah. Floyd mattress. Yeah. And then, so, the interesting thing, too, that they also didn't say in the documentary, really, was that Sharon was actually pregnant three times, once in high school, once with Michael, and then also another time um, when she gave birth to a daughter and gave her up for adoption in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And her birth daughter ended up being found after this author, Matt, Birkbeck's book came out and the book was called A Beautiful Child and this act this book actually was the inspiration for the Netflix documentary mm-hmm. and um he appeared in the doc like a couple of times too and that's and yeah so it was kind of a at least a nice moment to know that her, her daughter has a good life and was able to kind of yeah at anything and I feel <laughs> she was like I'm still processing all this stuff. My God, I know she was brought into the world, but it seems she has a good family, and it's nice that they were able to update her mom's grave to reflect, like, yeah, who she really was, yes. and with her family and friends around her. Yeah, my God, but horrible <sighs> story from start to finish. Start to finish, it was one of those ones like you turn off the TV and you just stare at the blank screen for like 15 minutes. You're like, yeah. what did I just? Right. It's like, how, like, what did this happen? How could this have happened? I mean, it's almost like hard to wrap your head around just how, I don't know how much of a monster this guy was and how much he did and how much he just kept Mm -hmm. like evading the law and evading like responsibilities, anything. Authorities. Yeah. Conscious. Like, or he doesn't even have one. Oh, probably not. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't even know. I feel like a lot of people were comparing this to Abducted in Plain Sight. Mm -hmm. But this one to me is like much more tragic because, I mean, not to say that what happened to the girl in Abducted in Plain Sight wasn't tragic because it was, but like that one, I feel like you could easily point to the parents and be like, why the fuck did you let your Mm -hmm. daughter run off with this pedophile multiple times? times? Yeah, this one, it's just, this one is just hard. There's like so many turns of, horror and awfulness yeah Yeah, and i feel like just so many bad things happen to this woman and like (sighs) it was because she gets kidnapped by this bad horrible man who was her adopted father at the beginning yeah my god yeah so horrible god i mean i thought the documentary was well done it was i actually this is a classic netflix i could have I think this could have been a miniseries. Like, mm-hmm. I would have liked to have, like, four episodes, maybe three. Yeah, a little more about the dancer who was kidnapped, a little more about, like, <laughs> that. the backstory of Sandra and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely thought they could have, like, extended it a bit. I would have still watched it. And right. like, I would have wanted to watch it and, like, know more. And I think this is the one, too, where, like, the documentary, they have, like, a podcast about it too or something like that yeah yeah so actually i think i, we did not, an I think we it. did an ad for it yeah. and this is not an ad for it yeah unless there is one a comes netflix through. yeah but i remember i wanted to I, I wanted to wait until i watched it to listen to that so yeah you know, shout out to netflix there's a netflix podcast it's called the girl in the picture oh, it, so. i wasn't gonna google the name because it wasn't an ad but yeah you know, that's probably a good thing they have the same branding <laughs> yeah so you can listen to that like it's kind of an accompanying accompanying yeah. podcast and i guess get some more Info. Maybe that's where all the information that we're like, why wasn't this in the fucking doc? <laughs> Maybe they put yeah, it in there. They're like, ah, oh, you know, Netflix only ordered yeah. an hour 45 yeah, documentary you know and we're so like, fair enough. That final 15, though, it's going to be kept for uh, audio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think we're going to definitely do more documentaries. We like so. a documentary news. So if you guys are yes. into that, that's amazing. And if you guys are like, no, please do like a specific, very dark side case, let us know. We'll add it to the register because we want to keep you guys happy too. Yes. Yeah. It would just take it's emotional. It's emotionally draining. <laughs> yeah. But let us know. I feel like I don't know. There's other doc like a lot of people are asking if I've seen our father. I oh, didn't watch I it. I haven't watched it. We could do that one. And yeah. there's I don't know, there's I feel like there's some shows and stuff that I need to watch yeah. too. Oh, I watch I mean I just watched so much like scripted Swedish crime shows that <laughs> it's not this podcast energy, but if anybody wants those That's recommendations, so they are great. I actually keep I every time I want to watch like a gritty, like, you know, crime mm-hmm. show on HBO I start playing it and then I'm like god why is it in Swedish like why is it in uh, they have the best they have uh, I like, don't know check I'm like I don't know I just I, I want like the mayor of East Town again like give that to me uh, I don't know how Sweden cracked the code they make the best crime shows they you know what I read a lot of mm-hmm. um I think Swedish and also like Oh my God, maybe Norwegian, like, no, no, Scandinavian thrillers. Ooh, oh, they sure, know how like, mm-hmm. to really like construct a twist. Those. Yes. And it's funny because I remember like one of them that I read was like, it opens with this like kind of brutal like stabbing. Mm-hmm. And like the whole, the As police are like, we can't believe this happened. Like, this is so brutal and beyond the pale. And I'm like, yeah, this is like a Tuesday on Law and Order. Yeah. Like somebody gets stabbed <laughs> in the living room. Okay. Well, because they always have a small Nordic town where they're like, yes. what is happening? The yeah. one I'm watching now is based in Luxembourg. Ooh, I love that. Capitolini, I think it's called. No, I think that's a restaurant. But something uh, like pff, that. that sounds like a pasta dish. Capitani. It's something like that. Interesting. Okay. Again, I'll Google it if it's an ad. It is not. So it's something like that. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you all for listening. Let us know which documentaries we should cover. We're going to try to do more of them. And coming at us with 
maybe more twists and turns Ooh. is Jorge with a game. A game. Okay, so crazy story, so crushing. So I thought we could do a little bit something a little bit lighter for today's Ooh, okay. game. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. So instead of the girl in the picture, we're going to play a game called the girl in the moving picture. Ooh. Ah, that's fine. Okay. So this is how it's going to work. I'm going to give you the name of a girl character. Oh, hell yeah! Through movies, oh, so and you have to names. tell me okay. what movie the character is from. And after that, there'll be a special bonus trivia question about the movie. Okay. Ooh. And here's the kick as well. So okay. I'm going to tell you the name of the character. And if you just tell me the movie right there, you'll get two points. Whoa. If you don't know, I can give you multiple choice. And okay. if you get it then, you'll get one point. <clears throat> Love okay. that. Okay. Let's get in juicy. So here we go. Who would like to go first? I'll go. All right, Sarah. Here is your first women character. <laughs> Sarah Connor. Yikes. Connor. Hold on. Oh. It feels old timey, but it's not. Okay, I need a hint. All right. Here are your multiple choices. Robocop. What? Resident Evil. Oh, God. I was off. Terminator. Wait, I was so off. Or Predator. Why did I think? (laughs) I'm going to go with Terminator. That is correct. (laughs) Sarah Connor. I was like Little House on the Prairie, maybe. I thought it was going to be like some Jane Austen shit. Whoop. Okay. What? what did you think it was? <laughs> Why did I think? T- oh, because Lana Condor is into all the boys I loved before. Love it. Oh, <laughs> so my God. That's where I went. <laughs> Wait, also, speaking of movies, sorry to derail us, but my friend who listened to the podcast episode last week texted Ooh. me that she started, she watched Where the Crawdads Sing, but I think it was so bad that she like walked out. Oh, wow. She was like, don't see it. <laughs> like, Shit. <laughs> Yeah, or yeah, I have to look at the text, but she was just like, do not, like, it's not worth it. I'm like, I don't know anyone who's watched it, and I don't think many people will watch it. Yeah, I don't think so. And she was like, it was so bad that it made me like question if the book is good. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yikes. I think she should be a movie reviewer. Yes. I I feel like it's what Delia deserves at this point. So, (laughs) all right, Sarah. So you get one point for that. All right, I'll take it. Terminator. And here's your bonus question about the movie. The artificial intelligence responsible for starting the war against humanity was called what? I will give you multiple choice <laughs> Thank for this. Thank God. Cyberdyne. Okay. Skynet. Oh. Cryoweb or Cybernet. I feel like Skynet sounds familiar. I'm that like, is correct. Hey. It is Skynet. Okay. Have you watched this movie? No. Either I definitely have seen it, you know. I'll be back. I, is it's, there a kid's version a of it? <laughs> oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Transformers. I'm like, oh, I am <laughs> Guys, it's 91 degrees in here. I don't know what's going on. So uh, Skynet is the name of this artificial intelligence kind of web. And the plot of the movie is that it turns self-aware. And then it decides oh, yes. that humanity is a threat. So it starts trying to terminate And yet us. we keep Topical? trying to make artificial <laughs> intelligence every time. Well, also, AI's got to realize, like, who is ruining the planet? Oh, humans. Like, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> That's true. Literally, It ours. wasn't wrong. All right, Sarah, you got two points. Danny, this is your God. character. Imperator Furiosa. Oh, what? <laughs> Can I have a... All right, multiple choice. Here we go. Oblivion. What are these movies? Yeah, what are these? Why did I think it was going to be like uh, Josie from Never Been Cast? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Max Fury Road, Hunger Games, or Fight Club? What's it called? Imperator Furiosa. Imperator Furiosa. Uh, what was the second one? <laughs> <laughs> so you got Oblivion, Matt Max Fury Road. I saw that. Hunger Games, saw or that. Fight Club? Mad Max? 
That is correct. Oh, okay. It nice. is Matt Max. Yeah. Here is your bonus question. I'm sorry. This is a little bit diabolical, but <laughs> you you didn't watch it, so you might get this. Wait, I realized also I didn't watch it. I was thinking the wrong thing. <laughs> so, I'm over to watching the movies and not. This is the one with Charlie's Theron, Did you know? It. Yeah. It's pretty she's cool. She's like bald, right? Yeah, she's yeah. bald and she barely says a word the whole movie. It's That's, pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, you don't like Charlie's to speak. <laughs> <laughs> or is it, it's my favorite role of hers. <laughs> Here is your uh, bonus question. What is the name of the clan Max and Furiosa seek help from at the end of their journey? <laughs> is it the Scorpion clan? Ooh. Can McCled or the Vuvalini? Why does that sound like a pasta? Mm, that's a that's a Swedish one. Uh, I'm gonna go with two. That is incorrect. Uh, it was the pasta. Uh, it was the Ugolini. Oh, yeah. What? Where is where is this? That's set? It's set. Yeah. It's set in the future. <laughs> so a Spanish Italian future, like Ugolini. Yeah. So they're trying to find this whole movie. It's about them trying to get to the green place, which is this mythical place that has like water and farms and food. Wow. But it turns out that it was all a lie. And at the end, it's completely desolate. And okay. Spoiler. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's been out for years. If you haven't watched it, I was that's definitely surprised that it won like awards. Yeah. Because yeah. all the promo was just like. Them in smoky eye well, makeup. I think it's one like through the desert. editing and stuff like that, right? Oh, so that okay. Yeah, editing and special effects and that type of okay, thing. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, it's great. It's it's a it's a roller coaster of a movie. It's really fun. Interesting. All right. All right, Sarah, back to you. You are leading this game two to one. Your name is Ellen Ripley. Hmm. I don't even know. I need multiple choice. All right, multiple choice. Star Wars. Uh-huh. 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh. Alien. Or the Road Warriors. God, what is this sci-fi? I have no idea. Um, I'll just go with. Wait, what was it again? Ellen Ripley. Oh wait, what were the movie choices? Sorry. Star Wars, two thousand one Space Odyssey, Alien, or the Road Warriors. I'll just go with Space Odyssey. That is incorrect. <laughs> the correct answer was Alien. Oh, oh. all right. Yeah. Uh, bonus question: Who played Ellen Ripley in Oh Alien, the original one? Do I have a multiple choice? <laughs> no, multiple choice for this no one. No multiple choice? Okay. I don't know. Um, I know it was like somebody famous, but I'm going to get it wrong. Um, it, w- it was somebody famous. Was it Demi Moore? Incorrect. Close though. It was Sigourney Weaver. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Love her. Great movie, by the way. I know. It is I a classic. I just movie. haven't seen it. And an amazingly long franchise. Yeah. There's been eight alien movies wow. so far. So I didn't even they just know that. Keep pumping these out, and apparently there's a TV show that's coming out. No. Also, no. oh, we don't need in that. The alien universe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny. This is your turn. Your name is Ray. All right, here are your movies. Peppermint. Oh, oh no. What? I was gonna say Star Wars. I don't know. That is correct, oh, Danny. Yeah, 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 it is. It is Star Wars. Okay, it's a new Star Wars, but yes, I'm not you get two that. points for that. Okay, oh, you haven't seen them? I saw all of them besides that one. I don't know why. I feel like oh, I have they, seen them all because there's nothing else to come do out in theaters Christmas. like last year. No, there's been three of them like years oh. ago. <laughs> you know what? I'm not a, a huge. Adam, I don't like have the Adam Driver effect. Okay, I've okay. heard that the new ones like aren't good. And I mean, I've, I've seen that. them all, and I'm like, this is a good thing to do because nothing else is open on Christmas Day, but like. You know, I uh, think the first one was really good and they kind of just lost the plot as they went. All right. On. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Well, here is your bonus question, Danny. Oh, okay. Your big Star Wars head. <laughs> what planet 
do we find Luke Skywalker in in the first movie, A New Hope? Is it Andor, Tatooine, mm. Coruscant, or Alderaan? The first two sound familiar. I'm going to go Tatooine. That is correct. Hey! <laughs> well done. Killing it. <laughs> I love you, I know. I don't know <laughs> It's kind of like a desert planet that yes. we find him in. And he had a chic, like, like little, yeah, like, little circle. Dome. Yes. Yeah, and there's two suns. Yeah. So double sun, sunset. Oh, I love C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> That's like body goals. Honestly. <laughs> Jack. All right, Sarah, back to you. Beatrix Kiddo. Off. I mean, I only know Beatrix from Harry Potter, but her last name is not Kiddo. What could this be? All right, just give me that. Multiple, multiple choice. choice. Here we go. Jackie Brown. What? Death Proof. What are these movies? Kill Bill or Planet Terror. Kill Bill is the only one I've heard of, so I'm going to go with that. That is correct. <laughs> hey, that's a good one. <laughs> this was especially hard because they never say her name during the movie. So oh, tough. to be a, a Kill Bill head. <laughs> Which I am not. <laughs> All right, so this was a movie by Quentin Tarantino, famously, and Uma Thurman. But what was the first Quentin Tarantino movie that Uma Thurman appeared on? Was Pulp Fiction? It? That is correct. Oh. Well done, Pulp Fiction. That's a movie I've seen like six times for I some do reason. Love that. Oh, it's Blueberry so pancakes. good. Yeah. It's so good. Great cast, too. A yeah. star studded. Yes. Makes you never want to do coke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny, this is going to be the last question, and it is a tie game. Oh, shit. So here we go. Your name is Neytiri. Okay, I'll take the four. <laughs> is it Black Panther, Rango, Avatar, or The Green Inferno? Avatar? That is correct. Oh, yeah, it, is. It, it is. Avatar, and uh, here's your bonus question just for fun. Okay. What is the name of the element that the humans are on the planet of Pandora to mine? Hmm. Is it Kryptonio, Unobtainium, Dimolium, or Beryllium? Dimolium? Incorrect. It was Unobtainium. Uh, so fucking stupid. Because it's unobtainable. It's kind of dumb, actually. Okay, James actually, Cameron. <laughs> like, I waited 12 fucking years for the second one. <laughs> I, I don't I'm excited to see that, though. I was going to say, I don't know who was watching that. Because the first time was like, I don't know why we thought it was good. Like, I just think we were all in like a collective yeah. trance. Yeah. Where I feel we're like, the... it's just blue Pocahontas. Like, <laughs> I also feel it was one of the first movies. I don't know. Probably not true. That like, I remember really watching in 3D. Yeah. 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 I watched that movie like three times in theaters yeah. as a kid. Right. I just could not get enough of it. And that Leona Lewis song. Oof. Oh, oh, yeah. That's, so good. That was a good one. It was a great movie. So well, Danny, you got the question wrong, Ooh. but it you didn't need it. You did win today's Yay. game, The Girl in the Moving Picture. Well All done. Right. Wow. And I now know movies mean something different to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I need to watch some more sci-fi. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I guess most of these were kind of action movie sci-fi. So, Definitely. Uh, well. The more you know. The more yes. you know. Yes, we learned some things. <laughs> I gotta learned, go watch Alien. We learned some things, yeah. So for thank you all for the game. Weaver. Yeah, for Sigourney Absolutely. Weaver. And thank you all for listening. Of course, always chat to us at Not Another True Crime Group. Yeah. Uh, or DM at Not Another True Crime. You can follow me on Instagram at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere the Guy. And follow me at Sarah Lameen. We'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at
at Betches.com. Betches.